Because if all you can do smarter. is say, fuck Trump, you're just a lazy asshole. Yeah. Be smarter than that. Come up with at least some Shakespearean insults. Yeah. You know, hoist your petard. <laughs> I don't know. God damn it. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. that the Literate Ape cast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? So you you put something, uh, I think it was in one of your I Believes. Uh, you're, you're changing views on the Second Amendment now because there was a time not too long ago where you said, fuck it. Nobody needs guns. Get rid of them. We don't need... It. Nobody should have a gun. They're stupid. Even for hunting, fuck it. We don't need to hunt anymore. Get rid of them. But in your I believe, and I'm loosely paraphrasing, you said, nah, fuck it. Maybe guns are okay. I think that where we're going, let's... Is, what did you say? Is there a liberal lefty pussy class for learning how to shoot a gun? I don't think I used the word pussy, but yes. I'm pretty I'll, sure you used pussy. Uh, you know, I'll look it up, but yeah. no. Uh, this was... The, and, and actually, it was more of a joke, I believe. I don't really believe. I still pretty much aggressively believe that we should get rid of guns. However, I read, this is it, and this was around the, the time when, you know, we were going nuts over, you know, 2,000 kids getting separated mm-hmm. from their parents and put in cages. Like, that's not been happening for the last eight years anyway. Yeah. Um, well, but I don't know that he was separating the families. He was at it least was, throwing well, the thing about it is together. It wasn't, it wasn't wholesale, but that didn't mean they weren't separated because guess what? The law is if you're charged with a crime, your kids get sent to foster care. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. That's just the law. So was it happening wholesale like this? Probably not. No. But... It was um, far more measured. Yeah, far more measured. But it even still with was, Bush, it was way it was still more measured. You and I yeah. talk about it. They separated families for in when uh, FDR did it in the Japanese internment camps. It was not the defining principle of that moment. Right. But they did separate families. But they didn't break up. Yes, they did. Children from yes, the mothers. Yes, they actually did do that. Yes, they not did that. Not to the that. degree that they were that they no. did it here. Well, well, it was that's one way of looking at it. But uh, Japanese internment camps had about twenty-five times more people. And I'm not defending Japanese anyway, internment camps. That's this, <laughs> no, those were fine. The but point is, this is going on, and it's like, okay. And, I, and, and while I disagree pretty wholeheartedly with uh, how we're dealing with immigration on the Texas-Mexico border, I understand that on the Texas-Mexico border, uh, undocumented immigration is an issue. Yeah. yeah. But then shortly thereafter, I read about police officers in New Hampshire and Virginia <laughs> doing road checks and having like road stops and demanding to see documentation from people that might be brown. Now, help me out here. Because and there's not a high... This is the thing. I can't imagine that New Hampshire has a high degree of fucking illegal immigration going on. So it seems to me that that's just knee-jerk. And New Hampshire's supposed to be the live-free-or-die state. Right. And so I went, wow, if the cops in New Hampshire and Virginia are now getting this strong arm, and they're trying they're, to be they're like... They're empowered. They're trying to be like their, their, their amateur ICE. Mm-hmm. Um, Heroes the, of the border. This is Way the thing. In our talk of the concept of a coming civil war, you know... I I kind of I kind of want to I want the I want I want to be armed. 
Because I, yeah. I, if, if it comes to that, I don't. I really don't want to be armed. I wish they just didn't have arms. However, you got to defend yourself. But if, okay, so let's say that, that the guns were taken away completely. Yeah, I love uh, that. Now let me just say a quick pause for a second, because I was just in New Hampshire not too long ago for my buddy's wedding. And that state is, yeah, it's very, very liberal. Yeah. But the weirdest thing about it is that most of the people that I saw in this, and I was in a fairly small, like it was like a suburb of Boston is basically where I was. Yeah. So we can call it like the Bowling Brook of New Hampshire. Sure. It's all very liberal, but they all look like Trump supporters. Like they, and we don't need to get into, when I say that, you all know what I mean. There's right? no like teeth, they, look, they can't spell, they're yeah, wearing signs the around. It's weird, yeah. it is the most fascinating Trucker thing. All, yeah, but they're all very liberal. They're just, they just look like yeah. Trump supporters. Anyway. Um, so if we took all the guns away, the cops in New Hampshire pulling people over asking for identification of the Browns, they wouldn't have guns, but they'd still have batons, let's say, or they'd have tasers. Do you want to, would you want a taser or a baton? Are you tasers and batons are fine. This is the thing. You don't end a life, I mean, you could end a life with a baton, you could end a life with a taser, but that's the only purpose for a gun. Right. The only okay. pragmatic purpose, just pragmatically, the only purpose of a gun is to kill something. So then your shift in that your light joke about let's let's arm up and it was a joke. Right. But do you mean was it a joke because it was guns, or do you do you believe that we should we need arm to be, arm or prepare ourselves I for some kind of the physical joke battle? Was, I think we need to be prepared uh, in the coming. I don't. Uh, the thing is. I think democracy is something we're going to have to fight for. The idea that this was going to come easy, um, and I just wrote a piece uh, that actually is coming out like this week, is the idea that you know, like like all this shit, demagoguery, uh, the monopolies, uh, robber barons, the hatred of the other, tribalism, sexism, war, all this stuff are weeds mm -hmm. along the road toward a utopia that we would like to have. And it's sort of like when Trump got elected, all of us in the Obama era, all of us that loved Obama, we'd forgotten that, you know, we, we realized, oh, all our forefathers, they were weeding. They were weeding mm -hmm. the garden. They were getting rid of the weeds. And then Trump was elected, and it's like we woke up in the morning and went, what? Yeah. There's more fucking There's weeds? Oh, no! And yeah, we thought we had won. We like, thought, everything's fine. Yeah, that, that, we, oh, we, wow. we did it. Gosh, we've got gay rights. We'll never have to fight for that again. Nope. We got the right to abortion. We'll never have... Bullshit. Yeah. That is not... That, that is the most myopic perspective. Right. We're going to have to fight for this stuff forever. Why? Because inherently, thousands and thousands of years, and the DNA of humanity... Uh -huh is that we're going to have to fight this because humanity for thousands it disagrees of years, with itself we, that's just we love to fight for dominance mm -hmm. it's always been that case yeah. just the idea that because we wear fucking uh, you know multicolored uh, you know uh, muscle shirts and and boat shoes does not make us far more uh, advanced than the goddamn fucking you know Cavemen. And I, like, I would I would argue that wearing muscle shirts and boat shoes makes us far less advanced. Than well, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yes, I do think I think it. Uh, yes, my joke was uh, no. I do not want us to carry guns around. I don't actually want to learn how to fire a gun. Um, you really don't have any interest in learning just in case. No. And you want to know why? 
Yeah, I want to know why. If I knew how to shoot a gun and I owned a gun, I'd fucking use it. Okay, but you don't have to own the gun. If I have a gun, I'm going to use it. Why? Because I know how pissed off I get. You have to have a gun. I know how fucking pissed off I get when I'm walking. Here, ready? Here's an example. Yeah. On the blue line, standing, I'm tired. I'm in my all black because I'm going to the Millennium Park. I've got my sunglasses on, but I'm tired and I'm just, and I can't get a seat. So I'm standing on the blue line in, in the Yale car and I'm just kind of zoned out. I'm just kind of staring at the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, there's no, I'm not focused on anything. Yeah. And I hear their legs. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, and I didn't realize, I mean, at first I didn't, I just ignored it because I didn't assume anybody was talking to me because yeah. I didn't know what the fuck that meant and I'm just zoned out. Right. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And she right. said, their legs, you've seen them before, you creep. And I look up and this probably 25-year-old woman wearing a skirt is pissed off because she thinks I'm staring at her oh, legs. Jesus. And I'm just zoned out. You can't even actually see my eyes because right. I've got sunglasses on. Yeah. But she's determined that I'm, I'm checking her out. And I'm not. And I went, what? I mean, I was totally caught off guard. I went, yeah. um, um, no, I was just... She proceeded for a 20-minute L-ride to just bitch me out Jesus. about what it is to be a woman on the blue line and be harassed and on and on and on. Do I want that woman to have a gun? Not a fucking chance. If I had one, would I shoot her? No, but I might have shot it in the air to shut her up. I don't want a gun because I might use one. I would have shot her in the leg. I would have yes, grazed see, her leg. These are legs. These are legs with, yeah, a, bullet legs with a bullet hole. Right. That's yeah. you know, and that's things. I don't want to use it. I don't. And so it's sort of like do it. it with great power comes great responsibility, and part of that well, responsibility is is being able to control yourself. And all it takes is some fucking asshole in a in a goddamn Subaru, and as I'm walking across the street, honking at me because yeah. I'm walking too slowly, and I'm whipping that fucking gun out, and boom! Yeah, right through his Subaru. Not him. I'm not gonna kill him. No, just put it through a Subaru's then, radiator. Put it yeah. through his radiator. But he might have a gun, and then he has a gun, and then he shoots at me, and now we've escalated. And yeah, everything I'm figuring out that I want to do in my fifties <laughs> is de-escalate. Okay. I used to escalate during the George W. Bush years. It was all about flinging shit. Yeah. Flinging shit. What monkey-eared motherfucker and Dick Cheney doesn't have a heart but a machine that runs on sand and hate. I got it. You know, this is all I did was just fling shit. And then I realized that it didn't do any good. And, you know, it's very fascinating. It's fascinating to me that part of our issue with police abuse and violence Mm -hmm. Um, by b- against black men and women, but against everybody, is that they are not trained to do de-escalate a situation, no. and that's why they use the guns because right. they don't know how to de-escalate the situation, and right. there is no impetus for the de- de-escalate a situation because all they have to do is wave a fucking killing machine mm-hmm. in the air, and that's supposed to stop everybody, yeah. and then they take it a step farther and just shoot you sixteen well, fucking yeah. times. <laughs> I think de-escalation, and so I look at our society as if what we want is we want police to de-escalate. We have to, as a society, learn how to de-escalate situations rather than make them worse. And I think as soon as you introduce a weapon, yeah, you have no, there's no benefit for you. No, you've automatically heightened the situation. You heighten the situation. Yeah, very your defense, go, your defenses go exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to learn to de-escalate. And me having a gun is antithetical to all of my efforts to learn how to de-escalate. 
But you don't want anybody to have any kind of weapon. You no. don't think that there's any kind of weapons training that okay. people should have no. in general if, in case we have to go to here's blows. Here's the thing. If we... If, I do think everybody should learn. Not saying how. everyone should carry this a sword. Is, yeah, this but, thing. I think everybody should learn how to defend themselves. I okay, think that's everybody what I'm should at. learn yeah. okay. how. I mean, that's what I like about the Swiss is everybody. It's like that's part of their training yeah. as a citizen. You have to learn how to fire a firearm. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem. I, I would love to learn how to fire a firearm. Okay, this, um, yeah. I'm a little. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit afraid of the power, so I don't want to own one. Mm -hmm. Because I know I would like it. It's fun. I see. I, I mean, it. the explosion in your hand I, and I the boom. Paint, and I played yeah. paintball. I know that I would like it. Yeah. And that's why I don't want it. For the that's same why. Reason, same reason I haven't done cocaine. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's I why have I haven't done, done cocaine because I know I, I, I would love it. I'd be dead in a week. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, and I know that I cannot do it. Yeah. Because I have an addictive personality anyway. Yeah. So don't give me. So don't give me a gun. It was a joke. But I do think there is benefit in terms of like like the Second Amendment is not about guns. No, it's They're about defending really. yourself. It's about, it's, yeah. a, it's about creating a militia and being able to defend yourself yeah. against a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. We now have two moral high grounds at each other's throats. Yeah, and we're stacking soapboxes on top of soapboxes, yeah. and we're just yelling and yeah. Because yeah. the thing about it is. Whether you like them or not, whether you agree that abortion is murder or not, that is a moral stance. Right. It's just a very simple. Just break it down. Mm -hmm. Take all the emotion out of it. It's like Louis C.K. Sorry. Oh, God. He didn't pull his penis out for me. Oh, God. But Louis C.K., in one of his specials not too long ago, before he got, you know, me too is uh, he says it starts so while he was whipping his dick out in front of people yeah while like, he was yeah. doing it he kind of <laughs> but he said he said abortion is murder and everybody just like Ooh. and he goes or it's taking out the trash <laughs> it's one or it's the other there's no middle ground to it and that was his thing. And I think that's the thing is if you want to look at the religious right and you want to look at the people that are like, all right, Justice Kennedy's out and let's go. They have a moral stance that abortion is killing babies. We can go out to science and say, well, they just hate sex. Maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them do. Maybe think they think women are sluts. Whatever they're... the stance is, yeah. abortion is killing a fetus mm -hmm. and a fetus is a human being. That's a moral stance. On the flip side, you have people saying it is taking out the trash. Mm -hmm. It is saving the life of the mother. It is the choice of the woman to do with her body. That the fetus is a part of the woman's body that cannot tend for itself until, until it yeah. pops out of the body, and then it's a living human being. And that's the moral stance. Mm -hmm. And we are so ingrained. We are so fucking set in our ways about where our moral stances are that if everybody had guns. I mean, that's the thing is, if I believed that abortion was murder, and if I believed that, that, that abortion doctors were killing hundreds of thousands of babies... Like like outside right now. What, yeah. There's what babies of, in the street. What kind of weak-ass motherfucker would I be? What kind of weak-ass motherfucker? I mean, I look at the, 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 the people went completely apeshit because they were separating 2,000 children from their parents at the border, mm -hmm. and they went nuts. Yeah. And they wonder why people that believe that abortion is a murderous act are going nuts. It's the same. It's exactly thing. the yeah. same impetus. I'm trying to protect the children. Mm -hmm. And if you gave them guns and they did not use them against the murderers, yeah. there's something wrong with them. Right. What's, who are you going to use them against? So this then? is why, we, as we keep 
stacking our moral high grounds, eventually our arguments cannot be reasoned with. They can't be compromised because everything is so high in moral high ground. Yeah. When it's moral high ground versus moral high ground, the only thing that you can do, if you truly believe it, is come to blows. And if everybody's got guns, it's the fucking civil war where we just stand across a field and just fire at each other. You know what would be fun is if is if we if we come to that instead of like, you know, the the, the movie Running Man, right? Like where there is death involved in that, but if we just take that idea but we turn into American gladiators. So instead of like actual, you know, AR-15s, you just got a big tennis ball cannon. And you just shoot that at each other. Remember American Gladiator? Yeah, I do. I love American Gladiator. I love right? American Gladiator. Everybody Gladys. gets, you know, a big Q-tip uh, yeah. joust thing. And that's that's it. That's how we settle our scores. We go to the arena. And then we shoot each other with, with See, tennis ball I think I, I think it would be more fun. And th- th- that's One big is, dodgeball this, game. This is why I have a problem with that, is that the lefties are not as... Uh, they're, they're not as strong or fast and they don't shoot things very well. So that's not fair. That's sort of like saying, well, well the way we're going to solve our problems is just have a national spelling bee. That totally favors the liberals. The people that get spell are all on the oh, Trump side. And that favors not the fair. liberal brown people that's because who wins that? Yeah. It's never it's never it's, little Joey. It's the, it's the Asian it's kids. It's Camarutha. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is <laughs> it's got to be something that either both sides of the issue are good at or both sides of the issue are really bad at. But you can't say it's going to be intellectual because then liberals are going to win. You can't say it's going to be physical because then the fucking righties are going to win. No, but they're not. I think that American Gladiators, like that, you've got to be fit. Yeah. Like American Ninja, Ultimate Warrior, whatever the hell that thing is, that could be part of it too. Look at, look at like er, rural America. No, no, no. I look like, at rural America, like but, Billy that's not, Joe can but they're not sending r- Billy Joe. They're going to send his cousin Vinny, who's a goddamn neo-Nazi, who is cut like a motherfucker because all he does is work out in his fucking garden and say... <laughs> that's who that guy is. <laughs> that guy I don't want to get into a physical competition with because he's insane. Yeah. He's filled with hate, which is fuel. Yeah. I don't want him. I don't want I don't want him in the competition. I've I'm got trying an to idea. Oh, Dana German our, our producer. producer Dana's got an idea. Okay. Got an idea. If at first you don't succeed, try try rohypnol. So what what if we just what if we agreed to like collectively as a society roofie ourselves? <laughs> and then what have sex with No, just, like, just go to sleep. No, just go yeah, to sleep. What if we put our? I, yeah, I like, think there's like, a real lack of like, sleep take in this a, country. Let's take a chill pill, down. America. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then you wake up, and then the person yeah, but who everybody's wakes, been asleep. But the person who wakes up first is gonna smother the rest. Yeah, they're gonna put shaving cream in the hand of everybody else and tickle their face. Yeah, maybe that's Draw what the dicks on their faces. Really about. Who wakes up? Who first? wakes up who first? Who wakes up and draws the best dick on somebody's face? That's who gets the best selfie? Bad, that's how you win. That's how you win America. It's who wakes up first and draws the best dick on the sleep on everyone else's face. You can understand that that's where we're at because we have a, a fat reality television star as our president. Then so let's, yeah. let's embrace it. Let's lean no, the fuck in. I don't want to live in idiocracy. Let's lean in. Let's all take roof and all. I don't want to live in idiocracy. I, I, you know. But we're here. We are here. Yeah, we need so, to lean in, so, embrace so it. So instead of saying, oh, that's like saying, gosh. And then let's draw it. Everyone goes to sleep with a I, Sharpie marker in their hands. I weigh six. 600 pounds and I have a 125 pound ass cheek so when I have to wipe my ass I have to exert all this energy and use a squeegee brush to wipe my ass 
We're already here, let's just lean into it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, have you have you watched my 600 pound life? Yes, and it's there's ridiculous. no way out of it. There is a way out of it. You stop eating so goddamn much and do some exercise. That's really it. And and you know what? You know it's I more than that. At, I look at it's our just, country and I say all we have to do is stop eating so much and do some fucking exercise and read some books on the Constitution and understand the concept of ethics and civility and not be nice. Civility is civil ethics. Whatever. I don't want to get into it because I have yeah. a whole argument about it. Be civil. I don't want you to be civil. I want you to be better at being uncivil. Because if all you can do is say, fuck Trump, you're just a lazy asshole. Yeah. Be smarter than that. Come up with at least some Shakespearean insults. Yeah. You know, hoist your petard. (laughs) I don't know. God damn it. Fuck Trump is so juvenile, a fourth grader watching HBO can figure that out. So hoist your petard is... Whatever. That's not a good No, I think that's it. That should be it. That's the new fuck Trump. If Kathy, if Kathy Griffin had just said hoist your petard, then we would have been in a much better place. Yeah. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Right, my first thing is a listen. Uh, you always have good podcast recommends, so this is my turn to recommend a podcast. It's the Make Me Smart podcast with Kai Rizdahl and Molly Wood. Kai Rizdahl does the marketplace. Yeah, I know. NPR. I, yeah, I know Kai Rizdahl. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know him personally. Yeah. Yeah. Of course yeah. You do. He, is he as cool as I want him he to be? He's absolutely yeah, okay. as cool right. as you want him to be. Yeah, so this no, show, Kai, is, Kai is exactly the... He's, this podcast yes. is amazing. It's like a half an hour, give or take. Um, it's fun. It's really informative. It's lighthearted. He and Molly have this great chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like our podcast, just but a little smart bit smarter. And yeah. without as many fucks. R- without as many fucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. There yeah. you go. Those are pussies. All right, my first <laughs> is a read. And uh, in honor of all of the shit going down in our government. What's going um, down with our government, Oh, there's so much going down with our government. I want everybody to, to, to actually pick up a copy of Naomi Klein's The Shock Doctrine. I have recommended this before. Mm-hmm. But the pattern that I'm seeing, and, and I'm sure I'm not the only one seeing it, is her whole concept is that nations do this. And the idea is they take they take advantage of a natural disaster mm-hmm. or, I mean, a, a perfect, actually a perfect example of the shock doctrine in practice was Hurricane Katrina. Um, they've been trying to figure out, uh, the, the privatizers have been trying to figure out how to privatize the public education mm-hmm. system in Louisiana. Right. And so you have this shock. We have a hurricane, all hell is broken loose, we're all in FEMA, there's the Superdome and all this. So the population is completely distracted by this horrifying event. Mm-hmm. While that was going on, in fact, two days after Hurricane Katrina hit, the state privatized public education. Jesus. So the shock doctrine is basically government or bad actors mm-hmm. taking advantage of natural disasters, something like that, and then coming in. 9 11. 9-11 is, is actually really good. That's <laughs> yeah. why she ended up, I think yeah. that's probably what motivated her to write mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things to keep in mind is what I'm noticing in our Trump administration is that they're not waiting for natural disasters. They're creating, creating, yeah. they're creating the distractions. Mm-hmm. And while we're distracted by things like separating kids in cages from their parents and immigration, they're cutting Medicaid. Mm-hmm. They're, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're creating their own shock doctrine. And so I want everybody to buy the fucking shock doctrine, Naomi Klein, read that goddamn thing because they, at least it gives you the perspective to not be so goddamn reactionary and buy their line of shit. Yeah. That's my number one. Okay, that's a good number one. Uh, along those lines, 
My second thing, it's a watch. I might have said this before, and I think we've at least talked about it, but um, watch Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just Untold History of the United States, yeah, whatever. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, it's good. It's really good. It's really good. And I don't care what your thoughts are on Oliver Stone, because he skews things a bit, but this is perfectly skewed the way it needs to be. This yeah. is all the shit that was left out of the history books where the white men aren't always heroes, that sometimes they're shady figures. But yeah, it's with everything that's going on to help yeah. understand um, this country a little bit better. Yeah, Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States. And my number two is also another read. Okay. Um, I want, and this is not a long read. This doesn't take long to read. It's probably four pages long. Okay. But I want you to go online and I want you to pick up Walt Whitman's Democratic Vistas. Mm -hmm. It is an essay written in 1871 that when I read it, and, and actually, Dana read an excerpt of it from a, a, a Nelson Aldrin book. It was a quote. Um, and I went, God, i got to read this. And it is really a genuinely uh, interesting perspective on today about how fucked up democracy is today. But it was written in 1871 about that time period. Mm -hmm. And if you want to kind of have a... The thing I think especially with all the fucking Sturmendrang and hyperbole and hysteria that is accompanied by having Trump in office mm -hmm. is that we lack a certain amount of historical perspective and we have, we have to be able to step back from the anxiety and see that it has always been this bad. Yeah. It's always been this fragile. Our democracy has always been hanging by a thread. And that historically, the idea that this is the worst we've ever been, this is the worst president, the most egregious situation that is silly because that's very, very myopic. And that you've got to really back up and look at the democracy and say, Jesus Christ, there's a reason democracy never lasts. Yeah. There's a reason for it, and that's because we are battling thousands and thousands of years of the patriarchy, of tribalism, of hatred and war. And this, I think, at least for logistics, doesn't go thousands of years in the past. It's 1871. It's yeah. just after the Civil War. Yeah. And him looking at America mm -hmm. and criticizing it. Democratic Vistas, Walt Whitman. Okay. Oh, and what's interesting about that is 1871, I mean, that was still during Reconstruction, which, I mean, you talk about... the beginning of Reconstruction, Yeah, really. so, I mean, you, you talk about the division of the country, you know, you've got Reconstruction, you've got the 1960s, and you have now, I think. So in these three chunks, I mean, there are other areas in between, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so... Absolutely. That's a great, yeah, it's a great read. read. Okay. Uh, so my third, then, is also a read. Um, it's n not as heady. Uh, Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. Absolutely. Uh, I'm working on a piece about my now, ironically, budding relationship with Anthony Bourdain. Um, so I started reading the book. Yeah, I read that uh, in one of your uh, post-it notes that you really never... I never really appreciated really it. never appreciated Yeah, him. so and I need yeah. to expand on that if I'm going to write it for the ape. Um, but yeah, like, I kind of wish that, that when he died, like, it was like, oh, that, that sucks, like that. And Katie loves him, so oh, Katie yeah. was really bummed out. But I wish that I was more bummed out about his death. Like, I wish that I was more into him before he died. Yeah. So I could be like, oh, uh -huh. Dana was very upset. Um, my reaction was... Yeah, we're by construction, so... It's literally right outside the window. They're like hot metal sparks. Yeah, that's, this is... Welcome welcome this to is... recording right next to the thing. But yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, um, yes, please. Um, but uh, yeah, Dana was really devastated by Bourdain's uh, suicide. My reaction was 
he went out the way he lived his life on his own time schedule. Absolutely. Bold move. Yep. But that's just yep. you know, one of the perspectives. All right, and my number three is completely off of all the heady shit we're doing. Watch Luke Cage season two. God damn it. Yeah. It is so fucking good. It is so excellent. Um, and the thing that sets it apart, and it's like, all right, we've got, you know, we had Luke Cage season one, which was I thought was great. You yeah, know? it really was. My only problem, my only problem with Luke Cage, number one, season one, was that you had two separate villains, and the second villain was kind of lame. It it took a slow turn. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it kind of died what's out. What's really in interesting the about half. about season two is, first of all. The thing that really sets it apart from most anything I've ever seen is its use of music. A lot of live musicians in, in, in a lot of sort of montages, but not like, hey, let's just play some music and do montages. It's actually montages with actual musicians mm-hmm. that they got from Harlem playing in the club. And the second is they do have two villains, mm-hmm. but both are given an equal weight, and it's, a, it's the way they play it. Watch Luke Cage season two. Okay. All right, and cool. that's it. That's, that's it. The podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 